The following podcast has been recorded live for your audio pleasure. It is rated M for Mexican. Welcome to another episode of Mexi Mind Matters with your host, with the most Mexi Pants, the one man with a plan. If he can't do it, no one else can, Mexican. Coming to you live from, once again, Columbus, Ohio, the city of dreams, the city of hope, the city of goals getting achieved. And today, mm-mm-mm. In the first episode of September, we have some excellent news. Excellent, excellent news. We, and I will explain how I came to, came across this, this information. It's always good to have sources. A good journalist never reveals his sources, but good thing I'm not a journalist. A magician does not reveal his tricks, but I will let you in on some little insider trading, as we like, as I'm going to call it. Three weeks from now, yes, three weeks from now, we are going to upgrade our system. We'll see how it goes. And it should lead to a better quality of product. Not that anybody is complaining, but I don't think most of you understand that the concept behind what this is, you're literally watching me go to work, listening me to go to work and talk about what's on my mind as I'm in between tasks. That's all that basically is. So, because Mexi doesn't really have the time to sit down in a studio and record for 30 minutes. Mexi's time's too precious. That's why it's Mexi Mind Matters. On the fly, on the go, in between tasks. I could be on the plane, I could be driving somewhere. That's the whole point of the podcast. Now, of course, thanks to our generous donors, we will upgrade our system. But I'm already thinking logistically, how's this going to work? We'll, we'll have to figure that out. But three weeks from now, we'll have a better sound system, better product. You heard it first here on Mexi Mind Matters. Well, Mexi, how did you how do you know this is this is going down? Like, what's going on there? Well, as you know, three weeks from now is Mexi's birthday. So. It's all about convincing. Okay? You have to be a good bullshitter. 
You have to be a good argument giver. You have to be a good negotiator. And this is why I give people at work so much shit. It's like, you got to be able to act accordingly. If you can't act, then you're not good at what you're doing. I, on my other hand, am an excellent negotiator. So, let's start with a story. Story time. Mexi story time. I did promise never to discuss these kind of things, but... And this situation is pertinent to the overall theme of the podcast. So for today, I'll make an exception. And I want you guys to take on it. Because I've asked a few people, you know, about the situation. And I get mixed responses. I myself, when I go to the bathroom, I always shut the door. And... Especially if I go with number two, I definitely shut and lock the door. We don't want accidental people coming in. We don't want the dog coming in. And that, and that's just the way I've always been. Like I would expect that same sort of courtesy from a significant other. And over the years, yeah, that's always been the case. I don't want to know what goes on down there. I don't know what I don't want to know what goes on in the restaurant because sometimes I eat at that restaurant. I like eating at that restaurant and I don't like to know what goes on behind closed doors. But I'll leave that between you guys. Now all the females that like to tell me, oh girls go and pee and poop at the same time, eh? <laughs> Bullshit. A female could technically do all four at the same time physically. Improbable, but physically it is capable. If you need to know what all four are and you can't figure it out in your head, I refer you back to my previous podcasts. It's been discussed. So, let me paint the picture. It's the weekend. It's Labor Day weekend. Mexi's getting ready to run some errands. He's in the shower, taking a shower. As I'm shampooing myself... My significant other comes in to go pee. Standard procedure. Now, at our house, we only have the one, one, one and a half bath. We have basically one bathroom and a sink in the master bedroom. That's it. So, over the two years we've been together, it has come. There has been some times where I'm in the shower and oh, she really has to pee. I don't understand. Why people can't hold it But hey My significant other is one of those people that really Cannot Hold Her number one or number two Number one is easier to hold than number two But she, she struggles with it So she'll come in to pee while I'm in the shower I don't hear it other than the flushing of the toilet Because I'm in the shower And no big deal She comes in, she comes out Whatever. At first, I did not allow said thing, said it's a kind of non- nonsense until you get comfortable with the person. Then it's just like second nature. So, it, and we have one bathroom, so it's okay. But this past weekend, as she comes in because she has to pee, 
she ate something she wasn't supposed to Friday night, because, you know, it was her brother's birthday on the Friday before, and uh, we went to somewhere where they didn't really have gluten-free options, and then we went to a housewarming party, and her tummy was a little rumbly. So while she's sitting there popping a squat, it's time for numero dos. Ed McSeason, the shower, with shampoo on his head and face. And I always wondered if that would ever happen. Like, what if that happens? Because on my end, I can assure you, I am capable of holding it until she's done showering or until she's done in the bathroom. My body's been trained that way. I am fully capable of doing so. Her, on the other hand, not so much. So, I'm not sure how I was going to react, but I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, just, just face in the water, rinse the shampoo off your face. I'm basically waterboarding myself in order to not smell it. And, and, and you ever heard of saying, you know, you get used to your own smell? That's kind of the same thing, like, because I've taken a deuce and showered right after while the fan's running, I take a shower, and you get used to your own smell. It's your smell. You get used to it. But somebody else's smell that is in an area where it's normally not supposed to be is distinguished. Now I asked around and everybody's like, oh man, you're a better, a better man than I am. I would have ran out the bathroom. I would have thrown the fit. And here's my thing. One, I'm not causing a liability scenario because of what I do for a living. I'm not running out of the bathroom, potentially seeing anything, tripping over something. When I have shampoo in my head and it's going to, on my face, and it's going to fall everywhere. And I'm soaking wet. No, I'm not happy. That's not happening. I would much rather waterboard myself until it goes away and it didn't last too long. Problem solved. Then I started thinking, really, really thinking. When was the last time I was in a similar scenario? And I don't think I ever had a scenario like that with another significant other in recent memories. Because most of the time, there's two bathrooms. But also, I had to go way back to the heat suite. Everybody remembers the good old heat suite days. In college, where Mole Tower, you got a dorm of ten people. It's a room of four and three rooms of two. But you share one common bathroom area. There's three three or four bathroom stalls, two showers. I remember back in those days, two of us would shower at the same time. There'd be people using the bathroom while you were in the shower. And you could smell it. But it's kind of like, guys have that locker room mentality. Like, that's, if you've ever been to a men's locker room playing sports, that's basically how it is. So I shrugged it off. I'm like, all right, no big deal. Done. But that is that is where I open up the question to you. For those of you who have 
a significant other, how would have you reacted in that scenario? Would have that been a big taboo or just shrugging it off? And I actually feel like that's something that married couples have to do eventually or have those similar situations. And we're getting married, so I'm thinking, you know, we progressed in our loving relationship. That's how that's how I view it. So, yeah. Let me know what you think. Obviously, comment. Subscribe, ask questions, review, let us know. Would have you acted differently? Have you ever been in that situation? You got the contact details. You know how to hit me up. Let's move on. But before we do, let's give a shout out to our sponsors. As always, Hand and Stone Massage. If you use the promo code MEXI, you will save on your Swedish massage or your membership. Hand and Stone Massage, a proud sponsor of the Mexi My Matters podcast. American National. It is about to be fall soon here in a couple weeks. You got to make sure you're prepared. Get your policies up to date. Renew your licenses like Mexi's going to. Get your coverage. UM, MedPay. Umbrella policy, life, home, auto, motorcycle. Call American National. Promo code MEXI will save you on your bundling. American National, a proud sponsor of the Mixing My Matters podcast. And Super Studios 253. Join. I think currently they have the 21-day challenge. Use the same promo code. And it will save you on your membership and your classes. Super Studios 253. Proud sponsor of the Maxi My Matters podcast. Now, before we continue, we got to talk about again people behaving one way and then doing a different thing. And I'm just going to mention this because it came up again this week. And right now, I'm at the lowest caseload I've had since I've been at the firm. I think I did the count yesterday. 147 cases is what I have currently. Which is unheard of. Now, of course, what drives me nuts is people finding the little errors in the ways of the new hires. Namely, our office manager. And the reason it bugs me is because you had terrible employees. Like our old secretary, Tina. Case managers who literally were doing nothing but sucking up money. The Emily's, the Christina's, and the Gina's of the world. And you didn't bat an eye. They were there for years. Nobody batted an eye. You pretended to be their friend. And didn't care that they weren't saving everything to the P drive. They weren't doing this. Do you really think the moment we were going to switch to the new system, 
they were going to be okay with all that. No, of course they weren't. They were the first three to threw a fit. But now that we know the new system, at least from what I've gathered, the new system, and again, I've been lied about this new system since day one, and that's what drives me nuts. We were promised a system that would be rival, rivaling what Needles does at my old firm. And it's not the case. I have to do a lot more work on myself and my cases and it doesn't even benefit me in the overall scheme of things. And I'm constantly told, oh, no, 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 yeah, this is phase one. There'll be a phase two and three and four. No. What? If you're telling me we were supposed to get all the nodes transferred over to our new system and that didn't happen. If you're telling me we were supposed to have requests, everything automatically populated, and that's not happening because guess what? We have to enter all the providers, all the adjusters, all the at faults. Like, there's too many things to enter. There's a new tortfeasor every case. The odds of the same person causing more than one accident is slim. So you're constantly entering stuff that at the end of the day, it's not going to benefit anybody unless you're going to litigation, which, again, is rare. But you're telling me this is phase one. No, I, I mean, at this point, I'm literally spending more hours of the day doing things that as of right now, all I can see are benefiting accounting. You'll be able to send checks. You'll be able to do this and that. But that's basically it. I am entering things three times on each case I have. And I can't even use it uh, to create a special sheet to do what I do faster. And the point I'm making is you can see it in my stats. I was averaging 50 plus demands a month until we went live with this new software. July. I had 35, August 38. And we're entering the time of the month with me having given cases away to one of the new guys, oh my, most of my done treatings. My caseload of done treatings is lower. So, September's not going to be high. And October, I'm taking two weeks off. So, this is basically taking time away from what I do best. But you're telling me in the overall scheme of things, it's going to be better. But now all you're doing is critiquing everybody who works there. And people are leaving left and right. And I don't think that's fair. And that's the thing. It is, it's frustrating because one person in the office manager is promoting this all in. But our attorney doesn't care. He doesn't give two shits. We had a training session on the new system yesterday. And he wasn't even logged into it. He could care less. And once again, we went over the exact same nonsense that we always go over. The freaking ledger. Which, again, as I've explained to them. And once again, office manager promising me, oh yeah, we're going to have one-on-one sessions with these people. And come up with a list of five things that you want to discuss with them. Oh, no, it's not a one-on-one session. We're supposed to send her the list of five, and then she will discuss it with them. Okay, but nothing's been fixed, so all these meetings you have with them, 
are either not happening or you're not telling them how things are supposed to be. Because you keep going over the same thing and it's not that I don't know how to do it. I don't have the time to go back there and fix all the files on any given day. I would need extra hours to do so. And they don't and other people don't even use it. Like when a file like right now, I'm currently fixing in our system 10 files that are all gonna go to litigation. And they don't even use the stickers, the sheets, the insurance sheets that we have to put on the file, and don't use any of the information in GrowPath. Like, what is the point of uploading? All these things to the system If at the end of the day nobody's using them And it's not changing anything This is the only Software company That I know of where again It's like I go Take my car to get fixed at my mechanic And my mechanic's telling me Oh yeah you also need air in your tires Hey how about you go uh, pump some air in them Oh and after that uh, you know you also You also need an oil change How about you take care of that No We're paying you to provide a service. We tell you what to do. Why am I fixing these things? I already had to have them add all the providers because that was take forever. And they have, but they're missing quite a few. Oh, is that interesting? Like, I'm tired of being lied to by our office manager. While she badmouths everybody behind everybody else's back. And we literally lost a new hire who had only been there for a month. Find out that she was not listening to anything we were saying. Had a total of six demands in in two months, actually. Because she was there for a full month and then left. So... Six demands in two months is nothing. And then now the replacement, new guy. Oh, yeah. He has he has insurance experience. I asked him what insurance experience you have. Homeowner's insurance. I'm like, okay, so you used to work as a rep, a claims rep, for a company that did homeowner's insurance. Am I correct? Yes. So you have no idea how to request records. You have no idea... How to research anything Or set up auto claims Or how auto accidents work, basically Now Do you have a I, mean, I didn't even ask if he had a paralegal degree And again, this is the thing People get Supposedly the person that left Gave us 10 different excuses As to why she left One of them I was told was Well, uh, you trained the other new girl Nicer than when you trained her and I said well um, number one you had more experience number two you already told me you didn't need my help you can figure it out okay well if that's the case I'm expecting again at least 10 demands a month to start off with the same thing happened years ago when I was at my old firm and that person that I trained for a day and a half is now working with me and could not put up the numbers 
that I had beforehand. And I'm just like, I don't have the time to fix every file to your liking. And it's going to take time to do so. I don't need reminders. I know it needs fixing. And I will get to it. But if I'm also going out on intakes, because Ethan likes to take time off. He's scheduled off today, tomorrow, and I don't know when. This dude's taking more vacation time in the last two months than I even knew he had. Oh, but his grandma is sick, so then she died. Yeah. Looks like that drags along. I really don't know what the office manager does other than sit and respond to emails. If I literally had to fix every single file and the bookkeeper is literally doing checks. She comes at 5 in the morning to do checks. And then, then what? Enter payments. No, wait, no. It's our job to enter the payments and the invoices, even though we never see them. You have this button and this program that pulls up the unbilled cost. Oh. Can't you just add the invoices directly from there? Oh, wait, that's right. You're 60 years old. Don't fucking know how to do things fast. I'm sorry. You were a former case manager that got stripped of her cases because you were terrible at it. And the only reason you did not get fired, it's because you had previous bookkeeping experience. Get the fuck out of here. Don't bullshit a bullshitter. You're telling me these are the way things are, but then they're not, and nothing changes. New girl that left on her uh, exit interview said, oh, yeah, it's the office manager's fault that I left. I didn't like her. Okay, but uh, somehow you almost stayed because they almost gave you a raise. They almost supposedly made you the new office manager. What? You've been there for a month and you would have been a good office manager? Get out of here. Like, the lies. Like, don't tell me one thing and then tell everybody else different things. The six demands that she sent out, those files I got to babysit. And I said, okay. Hey, I see no notes that you send these things out. Did you do them? Yes, I did. Okay. Well, if you did them, I'm going to make a note here. And just to be on the safe side, I resent them. Oh, yeah. We called. They were there. Sent and received the day I resent them. Not the day initially it was sent. Yeah. So, <clears throat> again... Don't bullshit a bullshitter. Don't tell me one thing, but then you constantly do another. I got into the an argument yesterday with our intake guy, Ethan. Oh, why? Because he brought in a dog shit file. And by that, I mean, accident happened last December. She comes to us nine months later. Property damage is a thousand bucks. All states the at fault. Oh, she's still treating. But she has fibromyalgia, osteoarthritis. Yeah. 
they're clearly going to say you are overtreating. And, and he, and he, the first thing he does is he goes and talks up to Mike about it. My attorney, for those who don't know. And <clears throat> my attorney says, oh, God, this is a dog file. Oh, but it's a walk-in and you literally thought it was going to be a good idea to sign her up. Well, any money is better than no money. It's not about the money. Because if you count the amount of hours, labor, time wasted, we're going to be in the negative. Because think of it this way. The amount of money we're going to get out of that fee from that settlement is going to be less or the same amount as how much money we spend on requesting the records. How much money we spend on me, my hourly, my hourly salary to basically touch that file for the next couple years. Oh, I told her that, you know, we might not be able to get much. Oh, did you really? Because it's not the first time I've been told Ethan said this. And it turns out you're claiming you didn't say it, but they quote you word for word what you say. Well, we, I look at the positives. Well, I cannot find one positive thing out of this file. We have insurance. Really? That's like saying I'm a human being. But then if I didn't go, I robbed the bank. Oh, yeah, the rob the bank part is going to trump me being a human being. And the worst part is I, I see you. Because I think I was talking to the office manager about our nonsense system. And I see you at the corner of the eye, of my eye talking to the attorney. And I'm like, oh, he's going to put down my chair while I'm not noticing, motherfucker. Oh, no, he does one better. He brings, he has the attorney deliver it to me because he knows I'm not going to yell at the attorney. And then, he's, he, he, then he asks me, he, has, he, he butts in while I'm being to talked about it. Oh, yeah, no, and then this and this and that. No. Get out of here. If you want the attorney to tell me about it, have the attorney tell me about it. Oh, the client will want the, the originals back. Tell her to come pick them up. I don't need those fucking originals to know that she has osteoarthritis and fibromyalgia. It's literally right here on the reports. Because her 66-year-old ass, I'm sure that's the cause of the back problems. It's her, her prior... Her car accident. Oh, the worst part is that's not even the main complaint from the initial ER visit. No back problems were complained about. Oh, but you had an MRI of the spine. Oh, yes, that seems related. So now, on top of that, not only do I have to open up this file which takes longer now because our system is requiring more details. But let me stop all what I was doing with the other 10 files just to do this one file that, of course, who else are you going to give it to? If you have to shoot the three fast, who are you going to give it to? Steph Curry. But that's where I tell Ethan, you look at my parents. I get mad at my parents for XYZ reasons. They apologize but they never know what they're apologizing about. They still think they're in the right. 
How do I know that? Because they do the same thing over and over again. If you were really sorry, oh, I'm sorry, man, you know, this is how it is. You would try and help and fix it. Because here's the thing. I know you can say no. I've heard you say no to a shitty file. But now you're telling me this one, the one thing that is good about it is that, oh, we have at-fault insurance. Everything else is a dog shit file. And you decided, yes, let's sign you up. Which is going to take maybe two years of everyone's time. The negotiator is not going to want to negotiate this. I'm going to get yelled at from them. I'm going to have to hear it from them. But by all means, waste our time. The cost it's going to take to basically order everything. My hourly wage. Everybody who touches that files hourly wage. And possibly some... Attorney fees in litigation are going to outweigh our cut of that settlement. And that's what you don't understand. And don't tell me, oh, I get it, why you're frustrated. I get it, why you're mad. I'm sorry. No, if you're going to redo the same thing over and over again. And that's where I get pissed. Don't bullshit a bullshitter. It's the mo- it's, it's, that's the motto. That's the, the, nick, the nitty-gritty. enough ranting for today. We're coming to the end of the podcast. But anyways, if you learned anything from today, don't bullshit a bullshitter and always negotiate terms when there's something to negotiate about. I I forgot to actually bring that up in the first part of the podcast. That little incident at home and the fact that people reacted kind of saying, oh, I would have not let that happen. Led me to basically play the card of, I'm scarred for life. I need something to get me over this difficult time. So that's how I came up with the fact, well, hey, beautiful future bride of mine. You knew your birthday present a month ahead of schedule. How about you let me know what I'm getting? And that's who our generous donor is. So we will be getting an upgrade in systems in three weeks. But I also got out of her for the price of me being scarred, wink, that even though I had already done the job, one of my wedding gifts is she decided to formally send an invitation with a letter to Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I have no proof of this. And apparently she's going to show me the proof the day before the wedding. And I'm like, well, at this point, if he has an RSVP'd, he's not going to come. But then I'm like, don't bullshit a bullshitter. You expect me to believe that you knew where to send something to, where I tried to find that information, knowing where he lives, how many houses he has, where to contact for PR. And my scenario was, hey, I need you to officiate the wedding. And you said, oh, yeah, let's just show up and, and have some drinks on us. Do you really think if he shows up, I'm not going to make him best man? Do you really want to put my brother Enrique and Cato through that? 
don't bullshit a bullshitter. Because I don't care who you are. The player is never bigger than the franchise. When Kobe left and retired, I'm still a Lakers fan. Where Fernando Torres got sold to Chelsea, I'm still a Liverpool fan. The franchise is always bigger than the player. Your moral values and core values are always bigger than any character. So if I told everybody, hey, you have an RSVP by this date, your Miles is going to bounce your ass, that applies to The Rock as well. So I'm sorry to sell it. Say it that way. But that's just how it is. If you don't believe me, let me know. I'm sure you can rate, comment, subscribe on the notes. And as always, remember, you can check us out on iTunes. But definitely rate Check us out on iClouds and on SoundCloud and iTunes. All the episodes are there. Hit us up social media. You know the drill. And as always, remember, where there's a Mexican, there's a way. Until next time.